Welcome back to USHJA On Course. I'm your host, Teresa, and today I'm joined by an amazing young professional who has had a unique journey through the sport. But first, there's a few updates from the association. First, we just launched a special campaign to help members and non-members alike learn more about everything USHJA has to offer. From grants and scholarships to educational and competitive opportunities, follow along on social media with the hashtag WeAreUSHunterJumper. On that note, tis the season for applications and enrollments being accepted in an array of USHJA programs, including the Lindsay Maxwell Charitable Fund USHJA Emerging Athletes Program, Markel USHJA Zone Jumper Team Championships, Markel USHJA Platinum Jumper Championships, USHJA Young Jumper Championships, the Green Hunter Incentive and International Hunter Derby programs, and multiple grants and scholarships. Find all the deadlines and information you need to apply or enroll online. That brings me to today's guest, Lizzie Treband. A multidisciplined equestrian, Lizzie has participated in everything from trick riding to paradressage to the hunter, jumper, and equitation rings. She is a past recipient of multiple USHGA grants, including the $25,000 Hamill Family Scholarship for Further Education and the now discontinued Making a Dream grant. She is also a two-time Emerging Athletes Program National Finalist, was USHGA's nominee for the USCF Youth Sportsman Award, and was named the USEF Junior Equestrian of the Year in 2016. After a successful collegiate career and a turn in Germany, she is now a young professional set on making her mark on the hunter-jumper industry. Tune in as we chat with her about her unique journey through the sport. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Welcome. Let's just get started. Tell me about how you got started in the sport. Well, I grew up in my family's farm in Pennsylvania. So um, I am definitely a born and raised farm girl. Uh, know my way around a tractor and a barn and a pitchfork and all of that. So I don't remember the first time I rode a horse. I know I was probably in a diaper. It was maybe before I could walk. <laughs> um, but I definitely don't remember my life without horses. And obviously, you've grown up since then. So how would you evolved? You've kind of done a few disciplines leading up to where you are now. So kind of take me through that journey. Yes. Yeah, so I would say it all started with my pony, Toby. Um, Toby was an $800 cart pony, cart tack and all. He was my first official pony that was mine. Uh, he's an Appaloosa. He's the cutest thing. He's still alive. He still lives on the farm today. And um, Toby at the time, he, he was definitely not a show pony. I, um, I went over more jumps without him than with him. And I figured out as a kid that Toby was much happier if I rode him in a neck rope without the bridle. And he was much happier, you know, playing dress up and doing tricks and hanging out. So um, as a kid, I really thought showing was kind of stupid. Um, I had just as much fun playing with the horses and enjoying them. Um, and that really didn't change. You know, when I was seven years old, I uh, went to a horse world expo with my mom and I met someone named Tommy Turvey and he introduced me to the stunt world with the tricks and the bridalist riding. So when I was seven for the next four or five years, I got to travel with him and the night of amazing horses. And we did exhibitions and nighttime shows all over the country doing all these crazy things with horses. So that was my beginning, which was definitely 
not what most how most kids start. <laughs> um, but looking back, I mean, it was such a great experience. Um, so that's where it started. Let's see. From there, uh, I'd say the big turning point in my career was the 2010 World Equestrian Games in Kentucky. So at the World Games, we were there performing in Equine Village, and I met Luis Sirio and the Derby team, as they as they put it in USHJA. And I was on a homebred horse, Rosie, that my parents had bred. And she was a hunter, and my mom had competed her, and then I had turned her into my bridalist horse because it's obviously way more fun. And Louise had kind of picked us out of the crowd, and that whole group got together one night at dinner that night and said, we need to make this grant, you know, for this kid to come to Wellington for two weeks. And this was the birth of the grant. So that was a huge turning point because that's where I, you know, meeting them and then also getting to watch the actual show jumping competition at the World Games. I was all of a sudden like, this is what I need to do. So that was the big turning point. Um, and that grant, I mean, that was amazing. Those two weeks in Wellington was just incredible. Tell me more about kind of what you did while you were down there. Such a unique experience that you got to do. Yes. So, you know, I got to go down and I got to shadow Louise. I got to go down with one horse. The owners and clients, a lot of people pitched in to cover my expenses and allow me to be there. Um, and then Louise, she helped me. I got to show for two weekends. But more importantly, she would just send me to all these great professionals. I mean, I got to take a lesson with Lise Boyd and Peter Fletcher, and she'd send me to Val Renahan's. And I mean, it was two weeks in Candyland. Um, but the bigger thing is that those two weeks allowed me to make the connections uh, I needed to continue going back. So the year after I got to go down and be a working student and, you know, it really, it was a huge turning point in the fact that it allowed me to knock, you know, knock on that door, get in that world and make the connections that still to this day are helping me as a young professional. Um, yeah, it was, it was such a fun two weeks. I would go back and live those two weeks again, over and over again. That's when you wish you had the movie, you could just replay everything. <laughs> yeah. And oh, Louise, I mean, to talk about such an incredible person to get to go and shadow under. I mean, she's just genuine. It's, it was incredible. So then from there, keep me going, take me through. So I'd say, you know, throughout high school, um, I wasn't in a situation financially to buy a lot of horses. I, I wasn't in the carts. <laughs> so I was riding and showing anything I could. Um, and I did working student situations and I knocked on all the doors I could. I did the EAP program for two years, 2013, 2014. I made it to nationals both year, which was an incredible opportunity. Um, which that has now helped me in my, in my young professional career. I, all those people I met through the EAP program, I'm still calling them today. Like, how do I do this? Or what's your advice here? Or how should I get started with that? So I don't know, we're going off on a tangent, but <laughs> that was high school. Um, and then I, you know, I graduated high school in 2016. At this point, I was really focused on the jumpers. I kind of moved out of the hunters kind of out of the equitation. I was really focused on the jumpers and I knew I needed to go to college to get an education. Um, now, education is really important in my family and also to myself. I think um, a good education in anything you do allows you to make good decisions and build a good program in whatever it's going to be. So um, I made the decision to go to Penn State. 
This was greatly because it was financially the best option for me. I was in-state tuition. My dad worked at Penn State. And on top of it, it's a really good university. It was close to home, so I could keep riding. Um, so I went to Penn State, studied finance. And between my freshman and sophomore year, I received the Hamill Family Foundation Scholarship. I was going to say, tell me what sparked you to apply for that. You know, I knew going into college that I wanted to be a professional in the industry. And I knew that I was going to need to graduate and not have debt and be financially beholden. So, you know, I applied for as many scholarships and financial assistance that I could. And the fact that the Hamill family was specifically for an equestrian professional that wanted to further their education. I mean, it just, it seemed like a really good fit. Um, And I can't tell you, you know, that, that scholarship, it allowed me not only to get the traditional education experience going to college, but more importantly, it allowed me the freedom to take advantage of a lot of the experiences that were extremely educational. Like because I had that financial support, I was able to, I got more involved with the equestrian team. I was the captain. I got to do a summer founders, like a young entrepreneurship program one summer. I got to go to Czech Republic and ride for a summer. You know, I wasn't as stressed about paying the bills. That scholarship, it was incredible. It just changed. I really did change my life. That sounds crazy. How would you encourage maybe another writer who is going to college and is pursuing their education and is thinking about applying to that scholarship? What would you say to them? Absolutely apply. You know, absolutely apply. You know, I, I oftentimes, I don't know exactly why they chose me. I think, I think it helps um, if you're very clear on what you want to achieve. You know, like, how is this going to impact you? You know, how are you going to take advantage of this? Like, I think even beyond just applying for this scholarship, but try to think 10 steps ahead. Don't just think one step ahead. Because um, what you do now is ultimately going to have a very large impact on your future. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned it, you're now a pro. What was that transition like going from, you know, IHSA and collegiate to all of a sudden you're a professional? How does that, what's the feeling? Still don't feel like a professional, still feel like a student. (laughs) Um, I won't lie about that. You know, um, so I graduated in 2019 in December. I graduated in three and a half years and I got on the first plane to Germany. Yes, you went to Europe. Yeah. So I knew, um, again, education is, I think it's really important. So I went to Germany and I rode and competed in, and trained with Paul Schockemuller in Germany at the main competition farm in Mullen. And I went there because in my opinion, Paul is, he's breeding and developing and competing the best horses in the world. I mean, he's the expert. So I wanted to go there and I wanted to learn as much as I could about that program because ultimately that's what I want to do as a professional. So now that I'm back in the States and I've started my own business, my focus is on doing that, breeding, developing, and competing top show jumpers, um, but on a much smaller scale than Paul Schockemuller. <laughs> He's doing it in the thousands and I'm doing it in the five, six, seven horses right now. And I don't want to be more than 10. So I'm doing it on a much different scale, but the same, the same idea. Um, that's my goal. And that's where I'm focused as a young professional. Can you tell me a little bit more about some of the things you learned under his mentorship, really how that developed your career? 
now that you're comfortable being back home and, and making it your own? You know, I think the, the industry in America, the equestrian industry is, is much different than the industry in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, the U.S. industry, in my opinion, is it's very client and consumer based, whereas in Europe, it's very based on developing and producing horses. So as a rider, when you go there, you're expected to be really tough, really strong. You're expected to get on these young horses and get it done. And these are young, fresh, athletic horses, um, which is very different than, than our culture here in America. So I think, you know, learning how to, to, to handle that expectation and that pressure that, you know, horses are going to deliver, they need to jump with quality, they need to jump well, and you need to ride them properly. I mean, that was a fantastic education. Um, and I think that's more of just an environment that it's created over there than specific training, mm. if it makes sense. Yeah. Going on a different tangent, I mean, I really am passionate about the fact that we need to produce horses here. You know, we need to produce good blood here because we can't, A, it's getting too expensive to go to Europe and buy their mm-hmm. best horses. Um, but that's something that I hope we start to see more of in the next you know, couple of decades. Yeah, definitely. Uh, quite a few of USHU's championships now have like American bread incentives and things like that. It's a good place to start. It is. It's a good start. So what advice would you have to a professional or a young professional that maybe is is in your shoes now or was in your shoes two years ago and, and looking forward wanting to be kind of where you are and where you're going? I'm sure this is everyone's favorite question. <laughs> Um, I will say it starts with hard work, but I'm sure everybody says that, mm-hmm. you know, you do have to work hard. You have to work really hard and it's gonna, there's going to be days that are wonderful and there's going to be days that are horrible. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that you just have to accept that beyond that. I'd say you need to work smart and you need to work strategically. Um, when I was a junior, when I was 16, I bought a per- piece of land in Florida, two miles away from the World Equestrian Center. And at that time, I would have loved to have taken that capital and bought myself a junior jumper. It was my last, you know, I would have loved to have had a, a superstar junior jumper during that time, but I took the capital and I put it in that piece of property. And now 24-year-old me is excited about the fact that I'm going to have a farm and a place to land when I go to Florida every year. Mm-hmm. So you know, not saying everybody's going to have that opportunity, but I think you have to be strategic and you have to think farther ahead and think about the big picture, not just the next horse show or the next class, but think about the things that are going to have a much more meaningful impact on your career, like the networking and the relationships and the education and the skills. And I can't, I can't emphasize that enough because mm-hmm. I think we're a little bit too short focus sometimes. Yeah. So I want to rewind a little bit because we kind of skipped over it. You were the USHJ nominee for the USCF Youth Sportsman's Award in 2014. And then in 2016, it went on to be named the USCF Junior Equestrian of the Year. And that is a huge accolade. So what was that like? What were some of the things that came from that? It was extremely rewarding. You know, if we were to rewind, that year was a really tough year. Um, it was my last junior year. Uh, I had a really good junior jump ride, planned to do North Americans, pre-states on. 
Lewis dispensary. I picked up another ride and it had gotten sold. I mean, there were, that was definitely a year with a lot of highs and lows. And I think that getting that award was, um, I'm very proud of it because I think it means so much more than just the results at the horse show. The fact that, you know, it's, it's to a, to a young junior that is truly passionate about the sport and is, you know, keeps the best interests of the horses at heart. And ultimately that's way more important than going and winning at the next horse show. So what can we expect from you next? Where, where are you headed? You keep talking about the future and what's down the line. So what is down the line for you? Yes. So I am based now in at my home, my family's home farm in Pennsylvania for half of the year. And I'm hoping once we get a, hopefully a barn built uh, in Florida in Ocala um, for the other half of the year. Um, I have a small string of horses, all jumpers with a select group of owners and partners that are ultimately interested in seeing those horses be successful in the sport. So I'm hoping to expand on that a little bit, but I'll be perfectly honest. I don't want to have a large operation. I believe my success greatly comes from being hands-on with the horses and really involved in their program and their care. So um, I'm hoping it'll expand a little bit, but I'm hoping to keep that string um, at the right size and just develop those horses and see them go on to do wonderful things. So that's where my focus is right now, um, mostly. Our last question, if we ask everybody, why horses? Why horses? That's such a good question. Horses are the most honest judges of character. I mean, they keep you so humble. I think for me on a personal level, I talk about this all the time that horses give you the gift of, um, you know, unconditional acceptance. They don't see that you're a certain color or that you're missing an arm in my case. They just see how you care for them and how you treat them. And that's, I mean, it's such a wonderful gift. You know, I, I can't imagine waking up and doing anything else. That seems to be the general consensus for most people. So our last little bit, we call it the Victory Gallop. It is just a little series of rapid fire questions. First, bay, gray, or chestnut? Gray. <laughs> Life unicorn. If you aren't riding, what are you doing? Sleeping. Also a very common answer. <laughs> what is your favorite song right now? Oh my gosh. I have no idea. Um, I really like Miley Cyrus, but... <laughs> don't, I don't know. We're going to flip it. What is the last show or movie you binge watched? Oh my goodness. I really don't have a life. <laughs> <laughs> You're just busy. Probably Gossip Girl. That was a long time ago. That's a good one. So the old one, not the new one? No, there's a new one. Oh my goodness. What are two things you can't get through a day at the barn without? Coffee and water. Two essentials. Do you have any hidden talents? Do I have any hidden talents? Mm, I don't think so. Um, mm -mm. I don't think so. Riding? I don't know if that's hidden, though. If you're a successful young professional, I wouldn't call that a hidden talent. I'm a really good blanket folder. Horse blanket? <laughs> yeah. Finally, describe your dream horse in three words. Three words. Oh, my goodness. Scopey? light and fun. Those are good. Well, that is all I have for you. Okay, good. 
Thank you so much for coming on and taking time out of your busy day to, to hop on the podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, I, I, I just love USHJA. I can't explain how much they've helped me in my career. So this has really been so much fun. It's always interesting to hear everyone's story and it's interesting to see how it has affected so many people's lives. Oh, it's amazing. No doubt. Thanks for joining me on another episode of USHJA On Course. Subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and make sure to follow USHJA on social media for our latest updates.